Hello, my friends. This is Bishop Campbell welcoming you again to a short meditation on the theme of living the Catholic life. We are now coming to a conclusion of a month that has for a long tradition been dedicated to Mary. And in fact, this month of Mary, and I had mentioned it in another radio address that I gave, is an interesting one because there are not all that many feast days that occur in May. But there is one feast day that concludes the whole month of May that has a very special importance to me, and that is the Feast of the Holy Visitation of the Blessed Virgin Mary to her cousin Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist. This is, in and of itself, a beautiful feast day, and I do want to speak about it. But I I want to begin by mentioning that this feast day has had a special importance to me, and actually to our new bishop, because I was ordained a priest on May 31st, 42 years ago. And of course, our new bishop will be ordained and installed on May 31st here in Columbus. And I I pray for him, for God's leadership in him, and God's grace and real direction for the bishop in his work. But that, I, I remember that day back in 1980, May 31st, uh, for a number of reasons. First of all, it was very, very hot. Here it was in St. Paul, Minnesota, and it was 101 degrees. And I thought, well, perhaps this is the final test we're undergoing before we enter into formally our pastoral work. But it was also the occasion when uh, the archbishop who ordained me asked me to become a, a confessor to the convent of the visitation just outside of St. Paul in Mendota Heights. And you may uh, realize that this uh, order of the visitation was founded by St. Francis de Sales and St. Jane de Chantal as a foundation dedicated to the concern and care of women, young uh, women, who were pupils at many of their schools, other women who needed particular attention and care. But it was also an order that was based profoundly on the lessons that are learned from the visitation of Mary to Elizabeth. I think it is very interesting that the first act of Mary after the Annunciation was an act of charity to go and be concerned with uh, Elizabeth, who was, after all, in old age, as Scripture tells us, and expecting a a child, that she be with uh, with her and care for her. Now, this was an act of charity, but it was also the first moment of recognition of God's entrance into this world. 
when through the power of the Holy Spirit, when Mary approached the child in the womb of Elizabeth, John the Baptist leapt for joy. So near was he to the Savior that he was going to proclaim. And in this this moment of recognition, in that very simple uh, care in which it is described, the movement of the Holy Spirit was revealed as that movement that will continue to underscore the presence of Jesus Christ. That visitation of Mary to Elizabeth gave rise to one of the loveliest canticles in the Christian scriptures, the Magnificat. But there is also an aspect of this visitation that is caught by the concluding prayer to the Mass for the Feast of the Visitation. And it touches upon the fact that as the infant John in the womb of Elizabeth recognized the Christ present in the womb of Mary, so we ask God that we may recognize then the presence of Christ in the Holy Eucharist. And I think that's a a marvelous adaptation of the visitation to the power of the Eucharist and the power of the Spirit to enlighten our minds and hearts to that presence of Jesus Christ in the sacraments and in sacred scripture. But the power of the Feast of the Visitation also should have an effect on how we live our lives as Christians. In reading about that Feast of the uh, Visitation, about its its deeper meaning, its theological reality, I think that Christians should be filled with the power and the wonder and the awe of God's love for us and the way in which that, that love is revealed in the very small details of our lives. And I think it is important for us in Uh, considering and meditating upon God uh, among us, upon the revelation of God through sacred scripture and in the lives of the saints, to realize that one of the ways by which our life becomes richer and deeper and happier is to live it in the wonder and awe of what God has done for us. I think also of the motto of the Visitation Sisters, whom I came to know very, very well, and through whom I was introduced to St. Francis de Sales, the patron of the Diocese of Columbus. The motto of the Visitation Sisters was simple, Live Jesus. Allow Jesus to be present in all that you do. This is why, in fact, by their constitution, every uh, visitation sister devotes herself every day to an hour of simple meditation on the presence of Christ in her life, in the life of her community, in the life of the world around her. 
And it is from this sense of the presence of, of Jesus and recognition of it that there arose uh, in the visitation order a very deep love and concern for neighbor. And isn't that one of the lessons of the Feast of the Visitation? That we realize that we are gifted by God with such enormous wonders, our, our life, our redemption, the presence of Christ in the Holy Eucharist. And remembering those are not simply gifts to be sheltered in our own egos, but to be shared, especially for for neighbors. As I said, the visitation order awakened uh, a desire to educate young women and for uh, and care for women within the world. You remember St. Francis de Sales said, prayer and meditation in the pursuit of holiness is not simply something to be done in a monastery or in a convent. It is something to which every Christian should aspire according to their own vocations and their, their own directives. And the Visitation Sisters became that kind of example of prayer and and contemplation thrust out toward neighbor and calling others to, to exemplify it. It is, in fact, the power of contemplation and prayer flowing over into the world. Now, those Visitation Sisters that I first learned had an offshoot of the visitation monastery there. And in fact, oh, this is, gosh, this is many years ago. I was still, and I don't want to say simply a pastor, because it was a marvelous life. But uh, a group of four visitation sisters from two visitation foundations decided that if they were to seek vocations to their order, and improve effective in a particular kind of world. They were to go to move and found uh, a monastery right in the heart of the poor of Minnesota. So they bought a house in North Minneapolis in one of the really difficult parts of that city. Now, you've got to understand that when Minnesotans talk about having slums, they mean it in a very particular way. And it is not what you might incur, uh, come upon in, say, New York or Washington, D.C., or in Chicago. Uh, Minnesota is Minnesota. So even their slums are kind of well-ordered. But it was uh, a difficult uh, situation because of the crime, and especially drug dealing. On one occasion, those sisters were awakened by a a car parked out on the street by their house that had been set on fire in a drug deal that went sour. But those sisters, and I visited them on many occasions, said Mass with them, and they always wanted to have uh, some sort of, of lunch in hospitality, Uh, And they said some sort, would you take a little lunch with us? And oh my gosh, I'd stagger out of the car. But they always invited neighborhood there. 
And something remarkable happened. Those four sisters, and they were helped by many volunteers, completely redid that house. It was a beautiful house built at a time when that area was considered one of the upper scale areas of Minnesota. But, uh, but it had come up on very hard times, but they, they really uh, renovated it, uh, worked at it. They also had a beautiful garden that, that they tended. And they dedicated themselves to their life of prayer, contemplation, uh, their, their work in the garden and in, in the house. But every afternoon, they would put out a windsock, and it was a sign to the children in the neighborhood that they could come and visit. And uh, they did it uh, at the most difficult time, that is, between the end of school and the end of the workday, because in that time, many of the school children came home to an empty house. And that was always the more difficult and dangerous time for their children. So the sisters would invite them in. They'd give them a simple snack and whatnot. They also began to uh, help with some needs they have. They always had visitors. They aired the visitation sisters. And how remarkable that exemplified that, that feast day. And I went there about... Uh, Oh, six or seven months after they had renovated the house, I, I said Mass for them in their little chapel. But I looked around the neighborhood, and I noticed something very interesting. The house across the street was newly painted, and the lawn had been cared for. And it isn't anything that the sisters did or said. It was what they were in the presence, and it began to radiate throughout uh, the neighborhood. And it is a sign to us of the extraordinary power and transformative character of the example of life and being with people, rooting uh, society in prayer and contemplation and that openness to the Spirit of God. God bless those sisters. I hope if they ever hear about this, they won't be embarrassed. I love you and I miss you. Bye-bye.